always weird when we record in the morning. I know. I haven't had my Wheaties yet. I know. You haven't <laughs> had your requisite amount of coffee. <clears throat> I've no. I've had no coffee. Oh wow! So you're saying this is going to be a terrible episode? <laughs> I, I don't know. For a while there, I was drinking a lot of coffee. It just kind of exponentially got worse. The cup sizes got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And um, throughout the day, my stomach was just making all these weird noises. <laughs> yes, I've noticed. <laughs> I don't know where it was coming from. And so I'm thinking the, the coffee was kind of messing with my digestion, so I decided to cut back a bit. Hmm. See and, if that helps. Yeah. So the only thing that suffers is your mood. Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, speaking no, I, of health, no. uh, how are you, Jeremy? How I'm, are you doing? I'm uh, I'm good. My shoulder is, I can tell it's healing up and getting better. I go to the doctor on Monday, the orthopedist for a follow-up. The only thing that's not, doesn't seem to be recovering is my leg, which was, that was, I didn't even have a, like a major injury to the leg, supposedly no break. No. Well, that, yeah, that you. That they know about, yeah. right? But it just, it is very difficult. I'm still walking with a cane every day. I feel like a, you know. Like an old man. I know. <laughs> and you haven't really been driving either. No, I still, I mean, I, the last, I can drive. It's just, I cannot walk myself from a parking lot into the building. It's just too far to, I need to add up all that walking throughout the day. You know, by the end of the day, my leg is just, you know, about to fall off. All right. I can, I feel like I can drive okay. It doesn't seem to hurt to drive, but I really, I just need to be dropped up at the front of every building I go to. That's, that's the pain. And that's, I mean, that's annoying because I hate feeling dependent, but I mean, I've really been dependent on everyone. Like you've been taking me home sometimes or giving me a ride somewhere or my, my yeah. wife's driving me all over the place, just different friends. I haven't Ubered once. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I'm a cheap ass. I'd rather uh, take advantage of my friends. <laughs> you just have good friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm lucky. I can't yeah. complain. But um, yeah, hopefully it'll, I don't know. I'm assuming it's just what they said it was, which is some kind of torn muscle or something. It'll... Just be a slow recovery, but I think it'll get better. I'll yeah. let you know if um, anything I noticed the of... injury has uh, affected your facial hair. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I know this is a podcast That's, and it's uh, audio and no one can see you, <laughs> but if anyone's seen pictures of Jeremy, he's always been really clean shaven and everything. But uh, okay. through this ordeal, he is... <laughs> it's, it's, it's changed his mentality. It's state. He's now, well, he's now a ruffian. So at least for the first week, I, I couldn't shave. I mean, it just was too difficult to move my arm in that, in that way. And then I, th- I was like, heck, I'm kind of liking this. So it's been, what, two weeks now and I haven't shaved? So Yeah. It's coming in. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I'm going to shave it all off. No, I want to see you get all big. And no. Just, that's, get, just get massive. Just get uh, I for so sure won't do that. with it. No. I'm, if I did keep a beard, it would be like one of those short ones. So you're saying not to expect a bearded Jeremy at Dreamforce? You don't think you'll D- make it that far? Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Um, all right, so we have an update on our charity program, yep. and it's a little bit of a downer, unfortunately. Um, so there's a, a guy that John and I both know who, um, uh, just from around town, he's around here, that uh, tragically passed away at the age of 33, um, and he uh, leaves behind a wife and four kids. And so I, I think it, I don't know, I just, I guess, I think John and I were both thinking the same thing. Why don't we, because um, his, I guess some, one friend of his set up a GoFundMe too, mm-hmm. because again, he was the sole, sole provider for his family. I don't mm-hmm. think he had life insurance. So they set up a GoFundMe for his family. And so we decided that's what we're going to dump our, our swear jar into. Yeah, our swear jar for the month. <clears throat> so John's going to, 
I think we're just going to estimate, but I know we've been, <laughs> I don't think I've improved much on my verbal tics. Right. <laughs> so it's probably going to be, you know, we're going to, we're just going to estimate it there. Estimate high probably because uh, we, we definitely want to help his family out. So, All right. So that's kind of a downer, but uh, we wanted to let everyone know. Yep. And we'll, we'll have the GoFundMe link in the show notes in case anyone's feeling like they'd like to help out. Yeah. All right. What's oh so, so <laughs> I saw this. So should we move to something a little more lighter? Yeah. All right. Let's 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 talk about hoverboards, man. I saw the headline. I want my hoverboard. I, I didn't read anything about it, so you'll have to fill me in here. You really everyone everyone I, I know is just like, Do you see the hoverboard? Do you I, see the hoverboard? Yeah. Well no it. one's actually seen it, I don't think. Um it's so Lex has kind of teased this really short video of this board hovering above the ground and it shows this guy walking up to it. And right as he takes a step onto it, they cut the video. So it was just a, just a major tease. Was it, do you remember the scam from like six months ago when they did this? Do you remember the scam on the... On that the, was a scam, though. Okay. That was this an is, intentional... And so you're saying this is not a scam. No, this is not a, this is not a scam. So they, we've always kind of been able to levitate things with magnets, but those magnets have to be super cooled. And even in the video, you can see little little smoke coming up from the board itself. It's not really smoke. It's, it's um, mist evaporation yeah, it's because probably, they're using liquid, liquid nitrogen. Okay. So they have nickel nitrogen in there to kind of super cool things. and But uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's actually something to be possible. Sounds like it would be expensive. Is that the same technology they used to float the trains, um, those train, the super fast trains that just basically float right above the track? It's not the same technology because... I think, I think that's, 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 that's electromagnetic, has, Yeah, that's right? electromagnetic okay. that does that. So, But Google, not wanting to be in the shadows of Lexus, I, I don't know. Someone had posted this and said that, oh, Google has technology that could do that too. So apparently in their Google X labs, they have technology that was kind of built around levitating things with magnets or something. Hmm. But it, they never, at the point they developed it, they said there's really no viable market for this. So it kind of sits on the shelf until they, they find a market. It does what on the shelf? Sits on the shelf. Okay. <laughs> did, I, did I slur my words I, a little I, bit? Sounded like sure. something else. Sorry. <laughs> it sits, marker? sits on the shelf. But that's it, kind of a little bit of insight into some of these companies that are very research and development heavy. You know, you... You got to think Apple's got some really cool stuff just sitting there that they haven't even talked about. Oh, yeah. And even Apple's probably got the same thing. I think these companies, these multi-billion dollar companies that are basically printing billions of dollars of cash on a monthly basis, yeah, yeah they've got all kinds of stuff that, most of it, which never sees the light of day, right? right. So it is kind of cool when they do disclose something. But um, I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical because I got scammed last time. <clears throat> now, I'm of the mindset that I would, if a hoverboard came out tomorrow, I would run out and buy it. But as we established in the last episode, we're old. <laughs> That's true. And I, I might not be able to ride a board as well as I think I can. Plus, I'm not sure how your wife would feel about you buying a $30,000 hoverboard. Yeah, true. Or it's Lexus, sorry, $50,000. <laughs> don't, don't we get just one? Like in our, in our midlife crisis, don't we just at least get one? I don't know. Plus, I mean, you'd probably kill yourself, like you, like you said, so. Yeah. Like, I used to... I used to I used to write a board. I can, I can do this. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy just knowing that it exists and watching the, the young folk uh, participate. <laughs> the young folks. Yeah. Gosh. You're just, you're just further establishing and entrenching us into the old, <laughs> old mindset. I'll have, have, have fun watching the kids. Speaking of Google, do you know they, had a, they have a GitHub alternative in the works? Or they're, that they're beta-ing. Beta, beta-ing? Is that, is that a word? Um, that is in te- beta. Te- in beta. Yeah, that is better. in beta. Yeah. So they have this some, this technology called cloud source repositories, and from the screenshots, I didn't I haven't actually kind of logged in or 
or anything like that. But from what I, the screenshots that I saw from the site, um, it looks very similar to GitHub. You have your, you know, you have your editor, you can drill into the files and the structure and you can see, you can, you can actually edit from the site and everything like that. So it looks very similar to Git. I don't know how much traction to GitHub. Gonna, to GitHub okay. Sorry. I don't know how much traction it's going to get, but I guess it's good to have that out there and have the competition and hopefully encourage new and more feature sets. Yeah, that's I, I haven't seen this, although it reminds me of, what was their other one called? Google Code? And yeah. They, they, sh- yeah. they were shutting that down, right? Yeah, that's gone. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is probably the next iteration of that. But Google Code was a previous generation of social coding before, right. I think it was before GitHub, right? Right. It had to be because it was just, it looked like, it looked like a SourceForge 2.0. It right. was not great. Although they did support Mercurial, and that was my that was my first foray into distributed version control. Mm-hmm. And I still like Mercurial better than I do Git. I mean, I've warmed up to Git, and you you know you can't avoid it. It's it won, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go stall and like you know. And even the, even this technology <clears throat> will connect to GitHub and Bitbucket, so it'll it'll actually connect, and so you can. I guess it's a way to kind of say, hey, you know, try us out. And, you know, you can still use your other tools if you have a lot of processes built around that. I wonder if it's API compatible with GitHub. Oh, to be seen. Because, you know, one thing that's weird that we haven't talked about, speaking of API compatible, is the, uh, it's the Google and um, Oracle lawsuit that's been going on for, I think, years now. <clears throat> I don't even know if you follow this. No, I don't. But basically when, you know, so Google created Android... Um, Android has an implementation of Java. So Java is technically open source. Um, Google has an implementation of it. Um, it's called Dalvik. And Oracle, uh, after they, some point after they bought Sun, which is how they got Java, the Sun acquisition, they sued Oracle. I'm sorry, they, Oracle sued Google as saying, hey, you, um, you copied Java's APIs. I mean, they couldn't say you stole Java because they did it. It wasn't Java. They just took, they implemented Java and its mm-hmm. APIs, a brand new implementation. But Oracle's saying, hey, you can't, that's, we have, a, I, those APIs are copyrighted, I think is what they're saying. Either copyrighted or patented, I can't remember which it is. Um, and that's actually about to go to the Supreme Court. I, in fact, I think it is at the Supreme Court, and that's one of the things we are supposed to hear a result on before the Supreme Court goes into their summer and fall session, or abscess, or absence session, mm-hmm. or whatever they whatever the word is for when they leave for four months out of the, out of the time. Um, but that'll be interesting because that affects things like if Google is implementing GitHub's API just for compatibility reasons, does that all of a sudden become illegal? Right. Can you copyright or patent an API? Because an API is not implementation. It's just a description of an interface. Right. So. I, w- I would, at least from a cursory understanding based on this, what you just described, I would say no, that it shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to copyright that. I, I think it, from the polls I've seen, it seems like like 90, 90% of developers feel that you should not be able to patent or copyright APIs. Right. Now, implementation is a different story. You know, right. your, your intellectual property, you know, that... Stealing the, code. Right. Yeah. Agreed. But I'm glad to see this uh, GitHub alternative thing. And there's, what's the, what's the other one? The Bitbucket, right? right. And I, I try to use Bitbucket when I can. It's... I mean, for little small little shops like like us, it's um it's more cost effective. GitHub is not exactly cheap when you start adding a lot of projects and people. I remember using Bitbucket earlier on. Now they they used to support, maybe still do Subversion, or is that, I'm thinking I something else? I think they do. I think they support Subversion and Git and maybe Mercurial. 
Or maybe it's not Subversion. Maybe it's Getting it's Mercurial. It's Getting Mercurial. Okay. Yeah, I just logged into their site. Yeah. Um, but I've never been a fan of this GitHub monoculture I feel like we've gotten into. I feel like GitHub is the... It's like the only place you can do, you know, open source coding or even now closed source, you know, private. You can, you can have private repositories. Um, and that's and, and then you've got this thing of, um, you know, GitHub is, is uh, you know, a developer's resume, their GitHub history, yeah. a record. Yeah. And I've just always thought that I've never, you know, monocultures are never good for any kind of ecosystem. And I think that applies here. I, I just don't like that. I also, you know, I don't also don't like coupling things to I don't like coupling applications to my to my version control system to where I host my source code and that's why even though it's convenient I've never liked that the way you deploy to Heroku to Heroku is by doing a git push deploying to Heroku is tied to using git you must use git as far as I as far as I know and I've just been like wow wait hang on a minute my runtime has nothing to do with my version control system I should be able to swap either of those out they shouldn't be coupled together that's right. just this is kind of like uh, software engineering best practices 101. And I, I know it's pragmatic and it's convenient to, to right. have that. But man, it just, it, they, there could have been another little easy, co- you know, Heroku command line tool that had, that they could have shipped that had nothing to do with Git and it would have worked just as, just as well. But they didn't. So, yeah. anyway. I mean, it, it could, I mean, it could just be that, I mean, GitHub is there. It's, it's, everyone uses it. Everyone knows how to use it. There's no demand for something else just yet. At least from from the Heroku side of it, maybe something like an alternative like this, and Bitbucket and everything else can. I hope will so. sway that. Yeah, it's just. I mean, GitHub seems to have. I mean, it's hard for a company to kind of go out and say, "Oh, there's this new thing out. Let's start supporting it," and then months later, it dies or it just never gets traction. Right. So, and that's the thing. I mean, GitHub has the network effects, right? I mean, right. Ev- because everyone's on it, you know. That's if you want help on your project, you put it on GitHub, right? If you want attention for your project, you put it on GitHub. Yeah. If you want to look for a project to work on, you go to GitHub. And that's if you want to get hired at a tech company, you gotta have GitHub. Yeah. And and <laughs> I mean, and not that I it's not that I think GitHub's gonna do something bad or or whatever, but you just never know. I mean, GitHub has also been the source of a bunch of uh distributed denial of service attacks because of the fact that we have this unhealthy monoculture in this ecosystem. They're the biggest target for those kind of attacks. That's just one example of why it's just not a great idea. Ideas. Uh, that yeah, gives oh, me an idea. So this is, we talked about having a new, we did have a, about a 30 second meeting on this outside, outside of the recording. <laughs> it was over lunch. It was. True to our roots. That's true. True That's to our roots. True. It was over lunch. So we have this idea of having a new segment mm-hmm. for an, an idea of the week. So this is what the thought is we'll take, we'll just highlight some idea from the idea exchange. Yeah. And, you know, if, if someone out there has an idea that they want, really want to get promoted, let us know and we'll, we'll talk about it. That's right, and we even have a so we have a jingle to open up and open up this segment. Jingle. You can't do this with Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so yeah, so this is things you can't do with Salesforce right now, obviously. But it's an idea, so you know we'd like so these are things we'd like to see. So you already have one here. I have one too. So maybe we'll do two today just to kick this off. So do yours sure. first. So mine is actually about account teams, and more and more, you know, as as companies are trying to use accounts and account teams, they want to build to. Not only customize account teams, which when you say account teams, you say account teams and opportunity teams as well, because they, they usually kind of go hand in hand when we're talking sales processes. What, I re- what, what a lot of clients really want is they want to be able to take the account team and bring it down to the opportunity team, be able to specify splits and, and things like that for who gets credit for this, for this deal and those kind of things. So I end up writing a lot of customization around that. But 
um, a lot of times as those team members change or things happen, that requires some logic. And so I end up having to build some kind of scheduled job or batch job that goes through and syncs all this up on a nightly basis or an hourly basis or whatever I can get away with. And that would be much easier to do if we could have triggers on, on an account team. Mm. Why do they, I don't understand why there's so many objects you can't put triggers on. I'm not sure. And then, and then I'm not even sure, is it, is it documented which objects you can do triggers on? Like if you, if you do a describe object, S object, or if you, you know, using the metadata API and you're pulling down custom, does it say whether you can, are they triggerable or not? I think so. It's been a while since I've looked, but I think there is like an is triggerable attribute for the object. I don't, I don't recall seeing that. The way I check is I just try to create a trigger on that object and that's how I know. But there's so many that you can't create triggers on and. It's just annoying. But then you'll, I, I ran a, I don't remember what it was, but someone asked me, can you create, they wanted to prevent someone from, from leaving a chatter group. And so there's an object that records someone's membership to a, to a chatter group. I can't wow. remember what it is right now. So we're and, creating chatter cults here. You can't leave. Exactly. <laughs> once you go in, you, you know, once you're in, you're in. <clears throat> I mean, you can leave, but we have to kill you. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd rather have a trigger prevent you from leaving. So we don't have to kill you. <laughs> um, but no, there's, it's like a, Group subscription member record, mm-hmm. or you know, that's the object. And sure enough, you can put a trigger on that. I I fully suspected, expected that you would not be able to trigger that. Yeah. I was about to say, no, you can't do that. And then it you can. It seems but, like with some of the newer objects they're coming out with, those are triggerable. It, it just seems like some of these older objects that kind of have been there for a while, like account teams and opportunity teams, they for some reason don't support it. And there must be. I don't know if it's maybe some kind of performance impact, maybe because they have so many backend processes constantly moving stuff in and out because it does get kind of impacted by sharing rules, even though sharing is in a separate object. It's always bugged me. You, when you create, if you're in the backend, you're developing, you have, you have to create the account team and the share. Oh, yeah. Well, because they're separate notions. Just because they're separate notions, but in the interface, it's a single. You, you, you specify oh, the well, team member yeah. and the roles and right. what they have access That's to. That's fair, though. It's a, I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's one of I know, those it's... it's in my argument saying that, well, maybe it's a performance impact, well, well, then I'm going, well, sharing is actually on a different object, so it couldn't be performance. So in my, in, as I'm walking through it, I'm thinking, well, maybe that's not the reason. Who knows? I'd, I'd try not to get into the head of whatever project, product managers <laughs> are making right, so, some of these decisions. So to move on, my, my, the idea is called allow triggers on account team member object. It's, the status of it is product team review. So the product team has looked at it. And in terms of... Um, they, the product manager, I guess, who assigned to this one did post a note, but it was about three months ago. And a lot of the comments and idea for this started about four years ago. Which is another reason I think this is great for us to do, because we can take some of these that just kind of been sitting there for forever. I mean, four years ago, and we still haven't seen this. So so maybe getting the discussion going, putting it out there will will help get some of these moving a little bit more. So I'm really going to cheat here. I'm, I'm actually going to have two, because I, was, I just remembered, um, I was alerted to one uh, the other day that, I really thought it was amazing. You, there's a bug, and it's it's probably an idea on it. I like how ideas are used to just, hey, can you please fix this bug? It's an idea. That would be a great idea if you fix, if you'd fix these bugs. <laughs> but this and this one is like it goes back for years. I think at least two years, um, probably more. You cannot send an email to a person account via a workflow alert. It's a bug. So you can't workflow alert if you have person accounts. Mm-hmm. You cannot do workflow alerts. To those people. Oh, we'll have to find that. I, so you think it's an idea? <laughs> I think so. I don't have a link to it. We'll, we'll try to find it. If we can find it, we'll put it in the show notes. But <clears throat> my the one I had planned to talk about is, uh, comes to us from Kyle Thornton, who I see on Twitter. 
uh, and his, it's called Fix Developer Documentation, so it is usable. Recently, the Salesforce Docs team updated the Visual Force Developer, Apex Developer, and other documentation to use new style sheets and new layouts. Since the update, it has become very difficult to search the documentation to find what you need. The search results open in a tiny window on the left column and are difficult to read through. I agree. I saw that. Clicking on a search result refreshes the page, and clicking back does not bring you back to the results. Bring back the old documentation. And so everyone agrees. Um, you know, this one... I don't, uh, I don't necessarily think bringing back the old doc... I hate that. I hate when someone... I shouldn't say hate. It bothers me that... It's okay. You when can a hate change them. happens, hate is the immediate reaction is just put it back the way it was. Stop messing with it. But I don't. I don't think that's good for progress. I, I think we should. It should be let, let's fix this. This bugs me. Let's let's fix this sidebar portion and let's do X Y Z because I think that'll help. I'm sure Not, he'd be happy with that. Go back to the old well, one. I'm sure. He, he, I think he's saying if I had to pick one of the two, I'd take the old one. But but fix the new one then. You know, I I the whole whenever they revamped the developer site, it's far less usable than it used to be. The way they have things well, categorized, it's driven, it seems. is so marketing driven. It's like I can't find what I'm looking for. What I do is I'd go download all the PDFs for mm-hmm. you know, Apex, Visual Force, the whole. Every, like it's, it's about fifty, and and every time there's a new release, every four months, I have to do the whole that thing all all over again. I have to download all these because I cannot stand that site. Right. I will not use that online documentation tool because it has gotten bad. And I guess in an effort to, I don't I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to. You know, the developer side, it's, it's just another promotion, a marketing side. I mean, you go there, and it's, it's obvious what they're pushing. They're pushing whatever their latest vaporware is that got announced at Dreamforce. And you can't find what you're looking for. And when you do find it, it's unusable. So you just use the PDFs. And then if you, I think most operating systems nowadays, if you have PDFs on your hard drive, don't they, they index them. So you could actually, I could just go to my Salesforce folder, my Salesforce documentation folder, and search through that to find. But Yeah. All right, so those are ideas. Those are ideas. And here's how we close that segment. I have no idea. <laughs> now we should close it with, so Mark, when, when are we going to get these ideas resolved? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <clears throat> you know, I, my next topic, I hadn't even thought about this for the longest time, and it's never in my brain as a possible solution when someone comes to me and says they, they need something done, but they don't necessarily have the resources to invest in a lot of automation or, or things like that, and that's mecha- Mechanical Turk. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. It's been around for ever, for seems ever. like. And so what it is, it's basically you're hiring a bunch of, you're hiring a company who, and you're saying, I have this repetitive task I want done, and they basically hire a bunch of people to do that repetitive task versus... It's probably something that could be written in code, but you know the investment it would take, the people, the knowledge it would take. You know, maybe there needs to be some eyeballs to make a really quick, just human decision, or even it's just something you're going to be doing for like a month. Um, so that's where, the, where these type of things come in. But uh, recently, I saw that um, Amazon is upping their price, mm. so they're they're increasing the cost of of that service, um, which I'm not sure is a bad thing. I mean it. It's a valuable service. It's providing. They're probably having to bring more people in to do this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not really technology. Technology gets cheaper, but human cap, human yeah. labor just always goes up in price. And, yeah, you know, and it, it kind of it kind of highlights that to the point where, you know, it's not a machine. It's it's not it's not like the cost of that is staying static. You know, there's people involved. There's you know resources. There's you know all these other factors that come into play and in how you pay those people. Yeah. So. 
But there, there, there was some some controversy about the price increase. Of course, nobody likes to be told they're going to have to spend more on a service they've been using. Um, but yeah, do something else then. It's a free market. <laughs> Go pay someone else to do it. Hey, but more than anything, it just reminded me because I always forget about that as a solution. You know, when a, I've never used it. I mean, I've, I've never I've used it. I, I've it, had companies who were using it who have said, you know, well, we've we've got the Turk. We'll we'll just we'll just hand it off to them. Really, that's weird. Well, not in those words, the Turk. I mean, but. But they have said, you know, we, we've we've got we've got this mechanical Turk thing going, and you know, we'll just hand it off to them, and they can do it. Because there'll be cases where I'm like, well, we can code for this, but it's going to take this. It's going to be, you know, this amount of dollars, and I'm not sure it's going to buy you that much to automate this. Um, and that's when when those types <clears throat> of solutions yeah. seem to come into play. All right, so all you mechanical Turk users, you're going to be paying more. Yeah. So Fitbit, Fitbit. is uh, IPOing. Where's my Fitbit? My Fitbit? Oh, hang on. Gosh darn it. Where is that? My Fitbit. It's funny. My wife has a Fitbit, and every time she says something, you know, about, she's usually it's like, where's my Fitbit? But every time she says my Fitbit, now it's, we both, she knows about this. My <laughs> Fitbit. Revenue. My Fitbit. It's fat fingered at that time. Um, so that's what you hear in your head? That's, and she does too. And so it's always funny because, and then, and then that's when we realize like anyone who has a Fitbit, they're always saying, my Fitbit. They always say that. My Fitbit. Yes. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's they've programmed peep everyone. It, you know, they, when you put it on, it must uh, program your brain somehow. That puts some little electrical pulses and it's programming your right. brain. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, they, they, that, that and the chemtrails. They're going to get us. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so, so, they're, Mr. so they're IPOing? Yeah. Mr. Benioff should be pretty happy. They He's an investor, right? to, Yeah. Okay. Surged 50% above its IPO. According to, uh, well, this was for TechCrunch. Oh, that, that means they, they priced it too low then, right? Could be. Because that's the money that the investors didn't get. Yeah. Hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it did really well and it's up there. Yay for rich people making more money. <laughs> and what's interesting is, the, is that they're not comparing it to the watch just yet. They keep the watch in a category of smartwatch and they keep Fitbit in the category of fitness tracking. So they... So those two worlds haven't officially collided just yet. Because yeah. I was kind of worried about Fitbit when it came to the Apple Watch because the watch is doing so much tracking. Right. But it does a lot more, and I guess it puts it into a different category. And Fitbit is very, very centric yeah. on being a fitness tracker. <clears throat> I guess. If I was Fitbit, I'd be worried. I'm, I'm not sure why the, you know, a, a, a watch couldn't do what Fitbit does. And, and, and the Fitbit watch, or the Fit, are they considered watches? I guess they are. They have time on them now, so they're a watch. Their line has increased quite a bit. So they have everything from the basic, you know, clip-on to, you know, the the wristband, the kind of bracelet that doesn't have any screen on it, to one that has a screen, to now something that's kind of bleeding into the smartwatch realm, which does have a larger screen and, and a little bit more information available to you, along along with in onboard sensors like heart rate monitoring and things like that. I think the Fitbit's also better, still better at um, probably at, at all the health monitoring. It's also better at sleep monitoring. And it costs you know one hundred fifty bucks instead of seven hundred dollars. So yeah, I, I know that I know that of the earlier versions that didn't have the big screen, but even the screen, the one that I saw wasn't full color or it trying yeah. to be high res or anything like that. So the battery life on it is probably still much better than the watch, which means it is a viable option for sleep tracking and things like right. that. Right, and like I said, I mean, as long as their price is twenty percent of a of the you know, the high end or, or even just the middle of the road uh, watches, then I think they're probably safe. Yeah. But along those lines, I found an interesting article uh, related to that in that um, 
these watches and phones and fitness trackers, they know where you're at all the time. Sure. And they know what you're doing. Yeah, so take your take your watch off if you're going to be doing any uh, activities that you don't want anyone to know about. Exactly. So so Gizmodo publishes articles says tip of the day, don't commit a crime while wearing your Fitbit. That's true. <laughs> so so I'm just going to read this paragraph because I I can't really paraphrase it any better. Uh, I'm not going to even say her name, but this this woman was staying in Pennsylvania house owned by her employer in March when she claimed that a man entered while she slept and assaulted her at knife point. When a police arrived, they immediately began a manhunt for the perpetrator. They were puzzled to find there were no footsteps through the snow leading to the house and no other clues about where the intruder might have gone. Plus, she gave a description of a man in boots. Whatever. Anyways, as they investigated even further, they found that, um, based on her Fitbit, that she had actually been walking around because it, it tracks and shows all that kind of stuff and not sleeping because it has the, the sleep tracking on it. So, yep. there you go. Your watch can... <laughs> Your watches can become a, a witness. Exactly. But in the converse of that, if, if a crime did occur, you know, you do have that information as well. And I sometimes wonder if, you know, I'm, I've got my heart rate monitor on. What if I had a heart attack or something? You know, does that data even help in any way? Um, kind of see what was happening probably leading not up to at it the time, things though. like that. But uh, yeah. Maybe more for preventative. It, it, it would help the post-mortem. <laughs> My, my, what is it, mortician? Kind of, yeah. Mortician with, oh, awesome. He's got to watch. Yeah, exactly. Plug these numbers in. The coroner. Coroner, there you go. <laughs> oh. All right. So, we, are we ready for my big oracle topic here? Um, I just wanted to cover a really quick oh, is, okay. thing on right. Code Dojo. Oh, but, well, but what were we just doing? Fitbit. Oh, that was still Fitbit? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's go. We're running out of time. All right. Code Dojo. We didn't cover this back in May. Salesforce, um, uh, started supporting, and it was part of their Salesforce Foundation, so they gave them a $200,000 grant to um, basically support them and, and allow them to open up more locations. And CodeDojo is basically a place that likes to, that takes makes themselves available, provides the opportunity for kids to come in and learn to code. And since you're rushing me, that's all I'm going to say about is it. Is it CodeDojo or CoderDojo? It's uh, CodeDojo. CoderDojo, sorry. Because okay. the URL said Coder. Yeah, no, it's Coder. All right, so I'm going to have to pause for a moment. All right, so Oracle had uh, just had a, a, a bunch of announcements. I think they it was at some partner, uh, probably an annual partner summit they have. It wasn't Oracle World. Um, it was not near as big as Oracle World, I don't think. But um, they are all in. I mean, this is a huge announcement, so they're all in on the cloud now. So I don't know if, you know, I think Ellison was somewhat famous for, I know, Beware the false cloud. Remember when he, when he would talk about that? And I think he was referring well, to Salesforce. Was talking about the false cloud. Oh, was it Benioff? Yeah. I think they were both accusing each other of being false clouds anyway. Um, well, I think Benioff's false cloud was in response to companies like Oracle who were pushing host, you know, self-hosted clouds because they provide the hardware and things for that. Yeah. Benioff was just saying, oh, this isn't cloud. Right. Um, which, which is interesting because, <laughs> again, I'm sure Salesforce uses cloud technologies internally, but they don't. They don't, um, they're not really a, and it's not like they're cloud infrastructure. They're a software as a service. But anyway, um, this is really interesting because, I, you know, if, if Oracle wasn't, or if they were anti-cloud before, that has completely changed. They are, it's very clear now that they are staking their future on cloud. Um, they've, you know, they've, I think they've been dabbling in it, but now they're, you know, the big theme now, or their, their messaging is that they are, they are, their, their cloud is complete and at all layers. It's infrastructure as a service, um, 
platform as a service and and software as a service. And their big thing is they can is is also enabling hybrid cloud. So hybrid is this idea of you can use some public cloud, whether it's you know AWS or Oracle or Azure, whatever. You can also run those same technologies, run your own internal cloud, and have those um, like communicate or or you know you, you get a hybrid situation. So mm-hmm. and it and it's seamless, right? And you can and you can move some things that are in your cloud to the private cloud and then and back and forth, or sorry, to the public cloud and then then back and forth. But it's interesting though because, and I don't know if this was a small event or what, but it was. Larry Ellison is no Mark Benioff when it comes to being the you know, MC of an event or a keynote or whatever. That was the first thing that totally jumped out at me. He, he wasn't wearing crazy socks or anything. No, it was just he was wearing I think all black, wow. like black tennis shoes. Man, no imagination. But he got, um, you know, there was there was no applause. There was n- Thank you. no, <laughs> no. It was he didn't have Will I Am up there, and and there were I mean there were some applause lines like you could tell that. Okay, if this was an applauding audience, they would mm-hmm. have. But there was just it was. I mean, I think maybe once there was some applause. But maybe I think, it was like a low key investor thing, or something. It was, yeah, it was a smaller room. I think it was. I don't know if it was investors, but there was a ton of press there. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, like a press conference. Yeah, and so they're not. So maybe that's what. But it just it really for for this big of an event. I mean, this is a this is a pivotal thing for Oracle for them not to announce this at like Oracle World and you know at a full. I don't know where they do work. I think they do it at Moscone, actually. You know, in a full, huge room. I think it was a mistake because it really, it's it's a much what they're announcing and what they're doing now is it deserved a lot more of that. But, um, but I've got some take. So I've got I've got a bunch of clips I put together. Um, but yeah, I'm also hard on this. So. Yeah. So let me let me just let's just start cranking through these. Okay. So this is what I call setting up the competitive landscape. All right. Amazon is primarily an infrastructure as a service provider. Uh, They play in the IaaS layer of the cloud. Salesforce.com is primarily an application provider, but they also have a platform that underlies their their applications. Um, Oracle competes at all three layers. And at the SaaS layer, in the applications layer, we have more applications than any other cloud services provider by a huge margin. We have a series of suites of applications, a suite for customer experience, a suite for human capital management, a suite for enterprise resource planning, a suite for enterprise performance management, a suite for supply chain. That's a lot of suites. And coming later on this year, it's the only thing that's going to be on any of these slides that we're not delivering right now. Coming later this year is our last major horizontal suite, one for manufacturing. All the other suites have been delivered and are in the marketplace. I feel like, I feel like he could have said, we have a lot of suites and then listed <laughs> them because I got tired of hearing the word suites over and over. Yeah. So that, and that's one thing I noticed. So they they're announcing to, uh, yesterday. I think it was when this happened. Maybe it was Wednesday. They announced twenty four new um, services. A lot of them were like platform as a service. But I mean, let me just give you a quick rundown. So he, you know he he said you know ERP uh, EPM, which is performance management, manufacturing, supply chain, talent management, human capital, service and support. So all the CRM or what they call customer experience. Apparently, if um, uh, what was it? Uh, 
if you uh, if you and when you say CRM, you're showing your age. <laughs> so it's no longer CRM. Got to get that straight. Um, you know, e-commerce uh, configure price quote CPQ. It's such a weird yeah, term. CPQs. Um, but, you know, the, of course, they've got tons of data-related data services. So all types of different Oracle database services. They've got big data stuff. They're, you know, you can do Hadoop. You can do Spark on top of Hadoop. Um, various NoSQL things. So, you know, key value stores, document stores. Um, and then they have this whole developer, like, platform stuff. In there. So you can do Java, Node, JRuby. Um, I think they call it App Builder. Um, they have a whole, like, Embaz, mobile, a mobile backend as a service. Um, integration, uh, service-oriented architecture, process, so like business, pro- business process stuff, what do they call BPEL and all that stuff. Um, social network, dig- data visualization, so that's their wave, their Salesforce wave, I guess. Um, Internet of Things, uh, dedicated compute. So the, 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 I think the things that were the biggest things they, they added, at least to them maybe, was the infrastructure as a service. So they've added you know, dedicated compute, storage. Um, they're really proud of their archive storage, so it's kind of similar to sales, uh, to Amazon's mm-hmm. um, what do they call Glacier, um, and of course you can get Exadata, which is their uh, <laughs> their SuperPod technology, or it's, I guess it's their competitor to the, to the SuperPod. <laughs> um, it's just like a an engineered system, so it's just right. a giant server with just all just self contained. You know, they just drop it in like via helicopter or something into your data center, <laughs> um, and then also all the site to site stuff. So you can do if you want to. Run you do hybrid clouds. You've you've got you know you've got one of their engineered systems in your data center, and you want to be able to you know just at will kind of move applications from your data center to to theirs. They've got you know either site to site VPN or or even like direct connection. There's tons of new stuff, and you really have to go look at their diagrams to see. Um, in fact, I think so. When I, we say new stuff, are they just kind of rebranding, repackaging things they they had, or some have, of it are is they really big? Yeah, a lot of it is, and especially the stuff that these suites they've had. I mean, they've had human capital management forever. You know, right. they've bought CRM stuff and they've in, and they've developed their own for you know for probably a decade now. So a lot of it is is new things. Um, some of these things, you know, they converted to to a cloud option. You know, a couple of years ago, right. but it's just. It's like now that's all done. It's they're saying basically now it's it's all true cloud. This is not just like we're going to host it for you or whatever. It's all multi tenant. It's all true cloud. Um, and I think let me see what the, I think this is a more better description, Larry's of uh, of what all they're adding. We're announcing today twenty four plus pass and infrastructure services. And they span a variety of categories. I mean, no one would be surprised that it includes data management in the Oracle database and a bunch of new Oracle database services. But it also includes Hadoop. It also includes a NoSQL key value store. It's all of the data management technology you need to manage all of your data in the Oracle cloud. So it's not just Oracle technology. It's all necessary technologies to move all of your data into the Oracle cloud. In terms of application development, we, are, you know, we proudly uh, inherited Java when we acquired Sun. And Java is a very important technology to us, but it's the most popular programming language in the world, but it's not the only programming language in the world. We support other programming frameworks beyond Java. We support Node.js, an event-driven framework. We support Ruby, specifically JRuby implementation of the Ruby programming language. We give you choices for applications development. 
our intention is to support all of the proper program, all of the popular programming languages in the Oracle cloud. At the lowest layer of the cloud, uh, we offer a compute service, a storage service, and a network service. Everything we do, everything we do at all three layers of the cloud are based on standards. Oh, this is big. Everything's based on I mean, standards. They're big ones. Like at the infrastructure level, OpenStack, the Linux operating system, the Zen VM, everything, all of our applications are written in Java. Everything is based on industry standards. This is very different than other clouds in the marketplace. Ours is based 100% on industry standards. That's what he's talking about. I'm going to come back to that over and over again. He really is. He's he's contrasting when he talks about standards, and and, and that's what was really that was one of their main themes of this event was mm -hmm. industry standards. He said it over and over, and he really is. Um, he I don't know if he there's places where he calls out Salesforce directly, but when he's talking about other clouds that are exposing like these proprietary things, like they're using industry standards, but they're then exposing these proprietary things on top of that. And he's he's right. talking about Salesforce. He really kind of digs at him on that. So yeah, I mean, lots of new stuff. And what's interesting about you know being able to do Java and Node and Ruby, it's like, okay, well, is that is that just its island? Like kind of like, I mean, Salesforce could say, well, we do that with Heroku. Well, right. that's, that's fine, but Heroku is its own separate thing. It's really not integrated in, into Salesforce, not into the Salesforce right. applications at all. It's a separate thing. And um, I'm going to skip ahead because he, I think, kind of addressed that here. All right. Uh, we, that platform that we've just completed, that platform is the basis for all the applications that Oracle writes. So we use, when, when we write an ERP application, when we write an HCM application, that application is based on the services that are available in the Oracle cloud. Oracle platform services, Oracle infrastructure services. When you extend those applications, you use the exact same platform. Not everybody does that. Salesforce. Some people use our platform Salesforce. to create their own applications, but offer a different application, a platform to their customers. We have one set of platform services that we use to build applications, that same set of platform services that you use to extend those applications. And when you do that, the applications kind of look the same. They have a simple, modern user interface. The applications are mobile. The applications are social. Because they inherit those characteristics from the underlying platform. And I mean, this is what I've been, this is what I was hoping would happen when they bought Heroku, when they did the V, the Force Cloud, or no, the VM Force, is that what it's called? Yeah, it was VM. I mean, that's what I've been hoping for. It's like, I want, you know, Salesforce's engineering group gets to build their stuff in Java and Scala and whatever they, you know, whatever's right. the right technology and all these great technologies with all the, you know, the, gr the great, you know, build tools and all these different things. And what are they exposed to us? Something completely different. This thing, Apex, which is based on Java from the late 90s and is never, is not evolved and, you know, has so many important things pulled, that got pulled out of it. Um, and now we're left with getting excited because we can do a lot of JavaScript. I know, which is, I mean, at least that's a, kind of our escape hatch. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, fortunately, you know, the, the client is still running in a browser, so we can, you know. Yeah, but, but at least, you know, with JavaScript, we can, we can kind of 
<clears throat> we can do what we need to do. We can do what we want, at least until we have to touch the database right. again. Or, or just, you know, business logic. I mean, you don't want your business logic to be spread across all kinds of jobs. No, like, you still want your business logic to be in some kind of system, a business language, yeah. like Which a- we kind of get together or, with hooks and, you know, remote calls and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, you don't want to you don't wanna, you don't want to rely on your JavaScript to be enforcing business rules or, or doing important calculations. You know, you, you don't have transactions in JavaScript that right. make sure that it either all finishes or none of it finishes, right? So, I, you know, it's it's interesting that he calls that out, and it, you know, it's not like I'm going to go. I went to Oracle's website. It's still to me, it's just Oracle's. Um, it's it's a mess to try to wade through and figure out like what what can I actually? How do I get started with this? How do I, was I use thinking this? That because he was listing all these things, I'm like, well. How do you how do you decide I don't know. what to use I don't and know. when to use it? That's and why I feel like Salesforce just does such a better. I mean, Oracle still looks like a, a mid two thousands website. I just feel like Salesforce still does, and I think this is a common understanding. They, they just do such a better job of of making things open and available, or at least the perception. That's my perception anyway. Yeah. It looks more modern. Um, but man, if that's, I mean, imagine if you could. You know the the C, the CRM and the whatever all these applications that that your clients use that that they're that you're helping them do all these deep customizations on. I mean, imagine if you could you do all these do these customizations on the same platform it's built on. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, and you you can use whatever IDE you want to use. You want to use Eclipse. You want to use IntelliJ, which is my preferred. You know, or whatever you can use whatever you want. You know, it's all standards. I mean, he he really was slamming on that standard, standard, standards. It's all industry. It's all standard. You can use whatever tools you want. You can pick your languages, apparently, as long as it runs on the JVM, which is a lot of them, thankfully. Um, the other thing he's talking about, and I was mentioned this a minute ago, which is that you can, they've really put a lot of resources behind building this technology that you can supposedly, fairly seamlessly move. And so, like, say you're hosting your, some kind of big application in your own data center, but you're, but you're doing it on you know, Oracle's cloud technology, and you're also using some of Oracle's public cloud. You can just move these things back and forth. All right, with today's announcement, we now have a complete suite of services for building applications in the cloud. With today's announcement, we fill in the last of these major blocks with our new compute service. But we've also added a bunch of interesting features to our storage service and our networking service. We've added new integration features, new content features, new mobile features, new analytic features, obviously new data management features, surprisingly, not surprisingly, new application development features and enterprise management features. We have new features in every one of these major areas. And we're now prepared to call our platform and our infrastructure services complete, meaning you can take virtually all of your applications out of your data center and move them to the Oracle Cloud. Not just Oracle applications, not just Oracle databases, not just Java applications, but all of your applications, third-party applications, custom applications, everything can be moved from your data center to the Oracle Cloud. Easily, we'll show you, with the push of a button. That is a really bold statement. Yeah, I mean that's all right. I mean, uh, I would, I would, we, that's 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 probably. I mean, with the push of a button, obviously that's BS. Yeah, but because um, nothing's that easy. There's no there's no such thing as you know drag and drop programming. There's no such thing as moving an application from one data center to the other with a push of a button. Right. I mean, yeah, that may be the final thing. Like if you've done you know put in three hundred 
It would be far more plausible if he stopped at, you know, Oracle Technologies, but then he started adding third-party things. And I was like, whoa. Well, because, uh, so their SaaS suite, that's all Oracle, those are Oracle apps, but because they've, they've got all this past technology now, or even infrastructure as a service, you can run any apps that you want to. And, as, and again, as if, you've, if you've coded to their past or their, or their infrastructure as a service, that same exact system, those same APIs and whatever are mirrored in their cloud. So as, as long right. as you've done that, you could, you could, I mean, I can see how that makes sense. You could, you could just move it from one to the other, but you know, that's, that's just hosted environments. Yeah, but there's just a ton of there's a ton that goes into that, and that's why people like you know there's eucalypt there's the eucalyptus eucalyptus easy for me to say uh, system that uh, that is a basically a copy of AWS's APIs. So you could run eucalyptus internally, and then you can you can actually move any any code that you write anytime you're using those AWS APIs because it, you know all these all these infrastructure and platforms as a service they're all automatable with the with the APIs. You can fire up instances, kill instances, you know, set up routing, set up uh, um, you know, proxies and all this kind of stuff, all with their APIs, right? And so if you, if you want to do that in your own private data center, but, but make it AWS compatible, that's fine. You can do that. And then you can move that, uh, that system to AWS if you wanted to, if you, you know, if you need more, more scale, you know, that could be mm-hmm. a, a kind of a mitigation uh, strategy for you. Sounded like you said automate-able. Uh, that's, uh, that is what I said. Is, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Automatable. <laughs> Still here, automate-able. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, he has to take some digs at Salesforce, which is always fun. In Q4, we sold $426 million worth of new SaaS and PaaS business in one quarter. And I've got a slide on it, but it, that, that's an industry record. No one's ever sold that much in a quarter. You know, I wish I had, I don't know, 100 bucks for every time Mark Benioff or Larry Elson or any of these other guys made some claim that they were the only ones who grew this fast. They're the only ones who, when they were at $4 billion, had a 30% you know, growth rate. They're the only ones in all this stuff. Because I've gone back and I've looked at all the Mark Benioffs, and they're all false. You know, at the time when Oracle and Microsoft were at the size of Salesforce, they were, they were actually outperforming Salesforce at that time. At that time. You know, it's like, so they can say these things, and no one fact-checks them. But this is, this is probably not true as well, but it's still funny. So we're growing very fast. That was a 200% increase over the same quarter last year. So we are growing much faster than Salesforce, much faster than Workday. So much thing that he calls them out. Well, that's just what these guys do. Yeah, and I think I don't. I've always thought that was not uncouth. Just uh, it, anytime it was a weakness. Anytime you have to mention, your, if you have to mention your competitor, that's coming from a, a position of weakness. Well, I mean, I mean, admittedly, they're they're playing catch up here, right? They are playing catch up. But they're but they're they're trying to position as they they they've leapfrogged, and I think in some ways they definitely have. But they're still much their cloud business is still much smaller than Salesforce. But it's just okay. so odd so, because he he was doing really well at not naming names throughout the whole thing, and then he just had to take that one jab. Just, it was like he couldn't help himself. This guy's always named. Oh no, he dude he had these uh, tons of slides of. Like they were matrix slides, like a, maybe a feature list, and then all the different providers: Oracle, SAP, IBM, Salesforce, Workday, and just to show where all Oracle competes, what you know, where they compete with Salesforce and where they don't compete with Salesforce. Mm-hmm. He had tons of slides like that, so he was it is, he was laying out the entire competitive landscape. So I guess that's just a thing he does. I don't know. I think it's not a great idea, but I, I think he's I think he's um, he feels like he's probably doing it from a position of of strength. The reason he's showing you that is to show you. 
how much better they're doing. But one thing that was confusing, he says that, you know, they, they did, I, what, the way I heard it was, you know, we did like $400 million in cloud business, and that's, that's more than Salesforce does. And I was like, that's not the case, because Salesforce does like, you know, a billion or a billion and a half a quarter. But what he's saying was 400 million new business every quarter. I mean, that probably is a faster growth rate than Salesforce. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see if that's, in fact, true and if they're catching up. Um, at Oracle Corporation. That's $426 million in new SaaS and past business sold in Q4, more than anyone's ever sold. And if you look forward, what our plan is uh, and what Salesforce published plan is, what their stated plan is, they expect to sell $1 billion worth of new SaaS and past in this current fiscal year. We expect to sell at least 50% more than that We'd love to sell double. Hey, hang on, what are One billion dollars worth of new SaaS and pass in this current fiscal year. We expect to sell at least 50% more than that. We'd love to sell double. Not going to be easy, but we're going to try. So did he repeat that or did you repeat that? I repeated it. I just want to make sure. So a billion dollars in new SaaS and pass. Is what Salesforce is projecting. He wants to do 1.5. Or, yeah. He said 50% more. Or did he say 100% more? He said, he said 50, he'd love to do 100. He'd love okay. to double it. So, okay. So he'd like to do 1.5 to 2 billion. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, like, yeah, we, yeah that's almost a, like a performative. Like, we'd, we'd, like to, we'd like to be at $10 billion, but in, you know, in two years, <laughs> right? It's like, that's different, that's different than saying you will. Yeah. Fastest to 10 billion. Fastest 10 billion. <laughs> Um, okay, so I just have a couple more, maybe. Um, here's some more on the application development. Application development. We support the Java framework, of course. Also, the Node.js framework. The, uh, the, uh, you can program in the Ruby, Ruby language if you want to, because we have an implementation of, of JRuby in the Oracle cloud. You can use any IDE, you can use Eclipse, you can use JDeveloper, you can use, you choose the tool set. The tool set you're already using is the tool set you get to use in the I'm, Oracle I'm salivating, cloud. gotta be honest. You need a towel? Let <laughs> no, me a tissue, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, what how, I want. How, That's what I want. How, how, how giddy would you be if Benioff got on the stage and said, hey, we're opening this up, you can use anything you want. You know what? His security would have to come attack me because I'd run and give him the biggest <laughs> hug. I would tackle him and take him to the ground with the a big hug. bear hug. Yes. <laughs> you think bear, I, think bear I could hug get, the Benioff. You think I could get him down? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you could make it to him, to be uh, honest. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's got a good He's got security. snipers okay, up there. <laughs> exactly. In the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would... This crazy dude in a beard coming at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, who's the hippie? Who's the hippie attacking Mark? <laughs> um, all right, so maybe one or two more. Uh, um, we use, again, indus- I'm going to keep coming back to this industry, industry standard. standard, industry standard, industry standard. You got it? You got it through your head? Because that's not so common <laughs> no, in the again? cloud. It's industry standard. Oh. We learned over, over decades with on-premise technology that standards were very important, that interoperability was very important, that upward compatibility was very important. As we rush, as early suppliers rush to the cloud, sometimes they forgot a few of those things. Salesforce. Um, when we went to the cloud, we, you know, we, we kept that lesson in mind. I'm actually surprised he didn't call out Salesforce when he, when he was talking about this, those things. I'm really more interested talking. in how he's kind of stumbling a bit, like he's trying to 
get out how they kind of screwed up by <laughs> embracing the cloud at first. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's like, when we went to the cloud, uh, uh, you know, he had that yeah. stutter. Yeah. You know. Right. Even though we went but 10 years we, late. We right. kind of screwed yeah. up. Sorry, guys. Better better late than never. Better better right than early? I don't know. Depends on you look at it. All right, and then here's the final thing where he um, he's talking about how the, Oracle basically owns the cloud. Looking backwards, Oracle has a history in the cloud. Uh, now, this is an Oracle pass, by the way. You know, this is people buying Oracle licenses. You know, just looks like an on-premise deal to us in the past. Uh, and they build their cloud services on top of Oracle and on top of Java. Virtually every major business or enterprise cloud service is based on Oracle and Java. 19 of the top 20. Salesforce.com, entirely based Oracle database all the way down to Exadata hardware. SAP, I know they talk about HANA in the cloud, but they don't use it. They, in the last 12 months, they signed a deal for Oracle to run Ariba, the Oracle database to run Ariba, for the Oracle database to run success factors, for the Oracle database to run Concur. These are pretty much the, you know, this is what they have. Now, this is 99% of what SAP has in the cloud. All runs on Oracle, none of it runs on HANA. Uh, NetSuite, entirely Oracle. Oracle is also almost entirely Oracle. Almost. <laughs> we got a really good deal on Oracle. And we decided to standardize on Oracle again. The only one that doesn't, the, the only other. one that doesn't is Workday. At least you could tell there was an audience there. Yeah. There, was, there was some laugh, laughter. We got that much out of it. That was pretty funny, though. Yeah. That was a good <clears> one. <laughs> I've got some other stuff. I, I can save a couple of the other. I've got some clips from, this is weird. There was, I found a website. I, can't, I don't even remember what it's called now. I'll talk about it next week. But they, it's, it's like a news organization or a mm-hmm. news website or something. And they, they cover, it looks like they cover, you know, enterprise technology. I went to their website and they, you know, they covered like doc, they were at DockerCon, they were at this event. Um, and they had a, like a little booth set up and kind of getting a multi, multi-camera. They were, you know, lights and lav mics and everything, you know, their little news thing. But on every one of their segments that I watched where they would interview someone, you know, it, they have, you know, their, their intro graphic and everything. And it talks about, it, they're sponsored by Oracle. I mean, they're they're a, they're a separate news news journalistic website, mm-hmm. but they're 100 percent sponsored by Oracle. Not like this makes the no segment sense. Was sponsor the adver- I don't it's know not advertising. I'll, what are, what are uh, we talking about here? I'll sh- I'll show you later, I guess. But yeah, no, just infographics. It just says you know what they're 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 what are they called? Cube, cloud, the cube, maybe the cube. I don't know, but it's you know they're the cube, and then sponsored by Oracle. I mean, Oracle paid you know paid for them to be there. I wonder what kind of coverage you're going to get when you do that. Just still blows my mind. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Workday seems to be competing well with. Uh, I don't, and I didn't play a clip from that. But if you look at, they had two different slides. They had one that compared Workday to, or uh, to Oracle um, in overall like ERP and HCM, mm-hmm. right? And if you lump ERP and HCM together, they're killing Workday in terms of like new customer signups and just existing business. But if you take uh, ERP out and just look at HCM, which is really what Workday is. That's what that's what their main product is. Um, I think Workday is maybe beating Oracle in terms of new customer. You know, obviously Workday is a much newer company; they're not near as big, right. but they are gaining new business faster than Oracle is in the HCM space, which is pretty interesting. 
Um, and it's also interesting that Workday is the only one that's not based. You know, they they run on. Um, I'm not sure exactly what all their backend is, but they uh, their databases are mainly MySQL. Yeah, I think they're a Java shop. Um, but you know, they were uh, Oracle was big on social and mobile, is integrated into all their app suites. So. I don't know how much of this is just um, jumping on the bandwagon or if they've been planning this for a while, but yeah. that was a big thing for them. Um, loads of stuff for, for big data. They're all, I mean, it's, it's Oracle, but, but true big data. So like they're doing, they're doing Hadoop. They're also, they just got certified with Hortonworks for their Hadoop implementation. Um, you can do, they support Spark on Hadoop. Um, all of their BPO stuff, I can't remember what they call their BPO service, um, is cloud-enabled now, I mean, you know, fully Fully cloud, cloudified. Um, their sta- their uh, SOA stuff is all cloud. Um, they do 33 billion transactions a day in the cloud. Do you know what Salesforce's number is on that? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't think those are, I'm sure it's less, and I don't think it's a fair comparison because Salesforce is a software as a service, not a database as a service, really. Right. I mean, they might try to say there, but they're not. They'll highlight transactions um, in a lot of their presentations. Yeah. I haven't. I don't have any on, I think on memory. It seems like it's a couple billion a day or something like that. I don't know. Um, but Oracle has 19 data centers across. Actually, I think the trust will tell you what the transaction I think it does. count is. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, they have 19, 19 data centers across the world that are all for, you know, fully Oracle Cloud set up. Um, 54,000 servers, 700 petabytes of storage. I don't know how much to compare those, but um, they're, it's, it, it's, this is serious. It's just, this is what we've been talking about, actually. These, at some point, these giant competitors that are 10 times bigger than Salesforce, five or 10 times bigger than Salesforce, are going to, these are, we have awoken the sleeping giants. And yeah. they're not going to let this cloud thing pass them by. And this is exactly what we're seeing. And it's fairly interesting. Um, there's, like I said, there's still, I went to their website, there's still a lot about, I don't like about Oracle, but man, they're, they're doing, they're definitely doing some things right that Salesforce did not get right. So we will have to keep an eye on them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like, it's not like I'm going to jump ship anytime soon, but I, it's very interesting to see what they're doing, and and you know, and real competition is good. Let's put some pressure on Salesforce to to do some of the things that Oracle is talking about. Yeah, you know? especially if he wants to get to twenty billion. Exactly. Well, let's let's not put the cart before the horse, John. It is absolutely my dream, and I'm dedicated to being the fastest to ten billion. Oh, anyway. No, that's Oracle. Um, I saw that uh, Yahoo and Oracle just signed a deal, speaking of more Oracle news. It was, I guess, it's like it was like a three-year deal. Yahoo will be continue using Oracle everywhere. Mm. Um, But as a part of the deal, um, Oracle, okay, so when you, so Oracle owns Java, right? Right. And, And for a long time now, if you've ever installed Java, there's this really annoying thing where it wants you to Install that toolbar. Yeah, it's kind of like some adware in a toolbar, and it's just Jeeves or something. uh, Yeah, it's been it's been asked Jeeves for for, I think for years now. Now that's going to be Yahoo. So Uh when you install Java, now here's 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 the improvement. It won't ask you to install any new software, but it will say, "Would you like your default search engine to be Yahoo?" Mm. Well, that's better. It's better. I I I always cringe that one day I'm going to forget to uncheck that box because it is checked by default, and I I don't want that installed on my browser. And and Java developers have always hated that because it makes Java look scammy. It's, oh, yeah. It does not it does. present Java in a good light. It's like, why are you doing this? Do you really need this? Is this making you that much money that it's worth? You mentioned that's like a really old tactic to be I using. Know. It's so old. It, yeah, exactly. What else do we have? I have a bunch of stuff. Um, how are we doing on time? 
And we're at about the hour, so let me let me see what's important here. So, sales, okay, did you hear about the Salesforce service for apps? This was this just happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, Salesforce service for apps uh, taps. Okay, so Salesforce's service cloud to let any organization embed multi-channel customer service, which I guess is Salesforce's service thing, including live video chat, directly into the mobile apps they offer their customers. So you can almost like OEM. That's what it is. You're OEMing Salesforce to service and support. Oh, last week I, we didn't get to a topic, and I was on my list, and it was Zendesk embeddables, okay, which so is that's similar. <laughs> I, thought, still, beat I, I said, I said, <laughs> I was thinking well, when I was thinking about bringing it up, I was like, uh, how long before Salesforce does this? Yeah, and here we go. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh that's pretty interesting. I wonder, I wonder how significant of a piece of business that would be for them. I think that could be very interesting. Yeah. Because people it, want their people that's one thing that people um I the one of the most common things with like Salesforce communities is people want to hide any word mention of the word word Salesforce. They don't like it being at force.com. They don't want it to be called chatter. You know, if they're gonna use chatter they'd like to you know rebrand it to something else. Mm-hmm. This is along the same vein. People they want to have their they want to have their service and support. You know they if you're gonna have an app for service and support, they don't want it to say Salesforce on it. You know well, th- yeah, but this is more than that. This is more taking a component and embedding it into your application. So you're not actually having to develop that. Yeah, makes sense. But you don't want the word Salesforce all over it. That's no, what. no. I mean, you want it branded, but at the same time, you don't want to have to code. I mean, yeah, you don't have to recode and build to those APIs to do all that kind of stuff. You want to build just kind of stick it in there. Yeah. And um, yeah. Um, what else is interesting? So Salesforce... Um, Salesforce is, has agreed to purchase Karenson Consulting, which is a big consulting shop in Paris, Paris-based consulting shop. Oh, so, is that, that explains that tweet I saw earlier then. I thought I hadn't heard this, but I, I heard something about Benioff welcoming, welcoming them to the Salesforce. And, you know, I know you've heard me say this. I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the podcast, but always watch out. Anytime, anytime your, your vendor, the ecosystem, the, the, the company's sandbox that you play in, Watch out either when revenues start to plateau or they're trying to switch to, to from growth mode to profit mode or they're trying to, you know, hit some some revenue mark, 10 billion or whatever. Watch out what they do, how they're treating the the ecosystem, the partners. Sometimes they just keep start keeping all that business for themselves, and sometimes they just start buying the partners. Now, this is not unprecedented for Salesforce. They bought a, a US partner. Oh yeah, a couple um, of years ago, and they had they had a couple of app interesting apps as well. But they bought they bought the whole company. Yeah. So, but I mean, you had said previously that you know that they're really trying to grow their European business, and they they're doing a pretty big showing in in London. But that means buying the partner ecosystem, buying well, into the partner it, it, ecosystem. It means incorporating resources into their professional services team. Well, that's so, true. And trying to grow and create more of a presence out there. I mean, they got to fill that big tower. I just know a lot of <laughs> a lot of partners see that as a zero sum game. And if you're buying up my business now, I'm now I'm competing with you. You're always competing with Salesforce. You are, and and you know even to this day, a lot of these partners still are heavily reliant on Salesforce leads. Yeah, and it's been hey, it's been a it's been a great run. It's been yeah. it's been ten years, but if you know, but this this type of thing always happens. You are playing in someone else's sandbox, and you basically have no control. They will change their partner agreements at will. They will change your fees at will. They will change the business they send you at will. They will change the businesses they keep at will, and they will change which businesses they're buying. And it's you have no control over. It, you have no say. And enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some doom wow. and gloom on the horizon. Uh, wow, jeez, that's, that's, uh, that's I'm, pretty. I'm the Debbie Downer today. You were, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Conger raises seventy million dollars. 
So I have two comments on this. Wow, really? This Congo app thing needs, you know, they're, they need $70 million. And my second thing is, aren't they already, it seems like they're one of the most successful app exchange stories. Yeah. Why are they needing venture capital? Why are they not m- making money? I mean, do they really, uh, do they need to go in some crazy growth mode that needs $70 million investment? I mean, they've already, they already own this, that space. So what, what is it in particular that they do? I mean, usually when they, they raise a big fund, they usually have some kind of business plan that says, hey, we're, we're trying to get to here. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I mean, maybe there are, if you read the, the press release, maybe they talk about what they're going to do. Because they're it. mostly document generation, right? Yeah. But they, they, don't, do they, they don't do signature or anything like that. You think they're going to try and, you know, try and get more, more in competition with DocuSign? Could be. I don't know. I mean, there's so many solutions for that now. I, that's, that's a really competitive space. So I don't. Yeah, but if you're Congo and you're big and you're looking to grow, I mean, that, that seems like right. a natural next move. If you're going to generate the documents, why not uh, have Allow the ability to sign them, them right? Exactly. Um, Will I am thinks the Apple Watch is weird. This is coming from Will I am. <laughs> That's because he wants everyone to buy his watch. Is that is that still around? What was it called? Um, the Pulse, Pulse, which which The Verge dubbed the worst product of 2014. So Will I am in 2014 produces the worst watch that anyone's ever seen. But he thinks the Apple Watch is weird. He said, uh, "I went to work out and I was like, that shit is weird." <laughs> Will I am? That's what he told Benioff. Actually, that's the quote. Will I'm talking to Benioff. Because Benny is sporting a watch. Is he sporting a pulse? No, I think he's sporting a Fitbit. Well, he's, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm a, I, he's probably hey, an investor you, in pulse. Don't you support your friends? I'm sure Benny is an investor in pulse. So, I mean, Benny wrist has got to be heavy. He's, he's got he's to have a Fitbit, <laughs> an Apple watch, and a pulse watch. And who, what else? What else is he He's like in? the guy from the 80s on the, on the New York City street that uh, oh, yeah. opens his opens his coat. And he's got <laughs> all these co- watches. <laughs> Knockoffs. <laughs> Or just like an arm full of watches. Yeah. Well, I saw someone take the Apple Watch and turn it into a pocket watch, so maybe he's got that going on. I could see him with a pocket yeah. watch. Anyway, I think I'm going to hold the rest of my stuff for uh, next week. Either that will just drop into the into the abyss, and it will never be talked about. Into the abyss. We should talk about Capriza next week, because that looks kind of cool. I just, I, w- I actually want to look into that a little bit more. It's kind of interesting. It reminds me of... Um, what were those things called? Hi, uh, not hybrid apps um, that brought you, actually, you know, they, you could build an app and I'm doing air quotes here and, and pull into it via APS stuff from different apps and put them all together in like one screen that had mm-hmm. stuff from what were those called? Um, they kind of came and went composite apps. Okay. I can't think of any of the vendors names, but they, uh, they looked interesting. Great demos you know, just like drag and drop programming. Great demo. Well, that's the way they demo a uh, lightning process builder. And app great, builder. Great, great, great demo process builder, but it turns out, you know, Creates more problems than it solves. Well, Process Builder is an app builder, but App Builder is composite like yeah. that. So. All right. And to that, I say, good day, sir. Good day, sir. Are based on standards. Everything's based on standards. Everything is based on industry standards. This is very different than other clouds in the marketplace. Ours is based 100% on industry standards. We use, again, indus- I'm going to keep coming back to this industry standard, industry standard, industry standard. That standards were very important. That's the standard protocol on premise. It's now the standard protocol. It's all based on industry standards and the same standard. It's the same standards both places. Everything is based on industry standards. Our, our applications are written in Java. Uh, our, our, our platform is based on things like SQL and Hadoop. 
Uh, everything is industry standard. Our infrastructure is based on Linux and OpenStack. Everything is based on industry standards. Industry standard, industry standard, industry standard. You can't do this with Salesforce.